Welcome back to Just One Question. And I'm really honored and thrilled to have a person on this show, Charles Vogel, who is something that I've never met before, which is an external thought leader for the Google School of Leaders, which is a project to train 20,000 Google leaders. And if you don't think that's enough, he is the author of three books, including the perennial bestseller, The Art of Community, and most recently, Building Brand Communities. He's a speaker, and he's an executive advisor. Charles, welcome. Thank you for being on Just One Question. How the heck are you? Uh, this is a really good time, Nick. I'm so delighted you invited me. Excellent. And let's get to that one question. What is it you're excited about these days that you can share with us eagerly anticipating listeners, viewers, and thinkers? Well, I'll share it's a two-sided thought, Nick. Mm. One is um, it just so happens that as we're talking here in 2023, our current Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, is on a media tour where he's explaining that the loneliness epidemic in America is the number one priority for his office. Mm. And that's kind of sad that we're in a place in America where Americans are so lonely. Our Surgeon General is paying attention to that. But here's the good news. We've been on a slide of loneliness now for decades, since at least the 90s, and it has all kinds of bad implications for our country, medically, politically, social resilience. And after this pandemic, there seems to be an awareness that we can talk about it, we can name it, because mm -hmm. Americans who aren't lonely obviously know we're lonely. And I think most Americans that I talk to can smell that there's a level of loneliness that nobody likes and is a problem. And it's exciting that finally it's in the conversational zeitgeist. Hmm. And my first book on bringing people together, uh, Art of Community, it was released back in 2016. And I remember when it came out and I would go out as an author speaking on that, I got this impression that there was this assumption that I was talking about people singing Kumbaya at beaches. Hmm. And that's not what the book's about at all. It's about how hmm. we in leadership bring people together around shared values and purpose so that we are stronger together, more resilience. Where that's important, we have innovation that can't happen when you're working by yourself. And so finally, we're at this place where people who have a lot of authority, mm -hmm. uh, people who are deciding what workplaces look like, they are looking specifically on what are the skills they need to need, they need to have and use to bring people together in ways that we haven't had in this country for decades. Yeah, the I remember vividly a book, oh, maybe 20 years ago now that was called Bowling Alone that was talking about how, I'm sure you're keenly aware of it, that we used to be rooted in three places. We'd have our home, our work, and then a third place, the uh, the, the the bowling team or the uh, or the church or or any one of a variety of sort of clubs and activities and things like that. And and you poll Americans now, and they say they don't have time to do that. They mm -hmm. they have work and they have home. And to your point, they may be living alone. But uh, the the uh, the sort of long term erosion in all those third place activities is really striking. Um, what's the cure for that? If there was an easy cure, Nick, uh, we would have we would have handled it already. Oh shucks! I was hoping you'd just slip right. that in there, and we'd be done. I'm know? sorry that I don't have any trite <laughs> answers that you can carry off. And <laughs> and solve the world. Yeah. Uh, but it comes down to a couple things, Nick. And, yeah. and one of them is uh, we, uh, as a country, at the end of the day, we need to find time 
to spend time with people in intimate settings. And what I mean by intimate is I mean groups of largely five or less. Mm. And Nick, if you think of all the best friends you've had, the friends that you would call at 3am for, for help mm. or the friends who call you when they're mm -hmm. having really bad days, when you look back at that relationship, you can remember a series of experiences you had with them when you were with usually five or less people talking about the things that you want to talk about mm -hmm. or said differently. You weren't at a huge party uh, with hundreds of people listening to everything you said, or you weren't necessarily at a big concert mm -hmm. when you built those relationships. And you also had the freedom to have the conversation you want to have, which is to say uh, you weren't fulfilling somebody else's agenda. Mm -hmm. And so many people who don't understand how we connect bring people together and then fill the time with an agenda that doesn't allow those conversations. Or they say, do you want everybody in this team or everybody in this chapter to get together? And so they sit everybody around a big table or they put everybody in a big event and those uh, small events don't happen. In my work, when we're training leaders, we call those campfire experiences mm -hmm. simply because we're trying to recreate the intimacy of a campfire mm -hmm. in which we have the conversations that create connections. Yeah. Every conference I've ever been to, when you read the, the feedback, mm -hmm. everybody always says, we wish we had more time for networking. Why <laughs> Why uh, <clears throat> is that such a hard message to get through? Is it because when we're attending a conference, the organizers feel like they have to keep us going from one place to another, check, 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 right? Um, one thing after another, so we're not wasting our time, so we're not wasting our company's money and that kind of thing? Or well, I'll, I'll what's going on? Three, is it purita puritanical or what? I'll just give three uh, reasons that I see come up when I'm advising on groups, bringing people together that they uh, think are important. Hmm. The first is the person who's programming the event is often judged by how many people show up. Mm -hmm. And so if I need to brag to you, Nick, how many people showed up to my event in the conference room or in the auditorium, I can't brag if you're in the hallway having the conversation you want to have, <laughs> right? So I'm going to schedule that time or even coming to the, the dinner, right? I want to brag how many people came to the dinner. And so I might set tables of 10. Well, Nick, you don't want to sit at another table 10 your whole life around people you don't know because you never actually have conversations you want to have, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why you go stand in the hallway, right? Right. The second one is I think that they're just fundamentally um, unfamiliar with what are the contexts and principles that allow us to connect. Mm -hmm. And so what they do instead is they try to entertain us. And I helped a very large organization you've heard about uh, bring together a group of people that were very important to the organization. And I pointed at the, the schedule that they were creating. And I said, the only time you're giving them to create the connections you say you want them to create mm -hmm. are here on the, on the schedule during the bathroom breaks. <laughs> because every other minute you've scheduled an agenda. And, the, and and then the person who I was working with said, but I'm already getting feedback from upstairs that uh, we're wasting too much time. Mm. Right. Yeah. And that was an engineering led company. And so there were engineer executives saying, if I don't see on the schedule, somebody is, in my words, blowing out information for people to, to uh, absorb for right. wasting time. Right, And so then the end of three days, you haven't had enough time to actually build the relationships you want, but the programmers say, look, we succeeded. We brought people together. They should be connected. And the last one is, I mm. think there's a misunderstanding that when people are standing together in an unprogrammed time, having the conversation they want to have 
that is productive if the reason you've spent the money to fly him in, to rent the space, to order the catering, if the reason you've done that is you want to give them a chance to connect, it's happening right then. Mm-hmm. And those people who go out in the hallway or go to the back of the room and have those what we call intimate conversations, they're not not team players. They're not ignoring the program. They're having the conversations they want to have to build the relationships that they need when they're put in the same space with the people that you invited. Mm-hmm. And I see these three misunderstandings everywhere I go when people are wringing their hands. And it's quite frankly sad. Uh, my favorite example I like to share is my wife uh, works for a billion dollar tech company here in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is pre-pandemic. She was invited to the Christmas party and she took me. And and I was aware that those three hours, whatever it was, six o'clock to nine o'clock, those were the only three hours of the entire year I would get a chance to meet the people she works with, mm. that she spends literally more waking hours with them on most days than she does with me. Mm-hmm. These were the three hours the whole year I was going to meet them. Mm. And when I got there, Nick, uh, the company had rented out an entire club and there was all you can eat French fries and hamburgers. I'm not making that up. There were three open bars and there was a band playing so loud I couldn't talk to anybody. Mm. And if I could talk to them, I would have been talking to people full of hamburgers and French fries who are probably drunk because of three open bars. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not against French fries, hamburgers or open bars, but notice that company spent six digits to create a party where there were, by my estimation, hundreds of spouses and partners visiting, and they set it up where we could connect with nobody. Yeah. Wow. And that's normal. Yeah. It just shows me they have no idea what creates an opportunity to connect. And what they could have done if they like drinking and and, and uh, loud music, fair enough, is they could have made part of the event that. Yeah. And then given the other, I don't know, 300 spouses that were there a chance to not be drowned out by music. Oh, Charles, it's such such uh, deep words of wisdom. And, and uh, I'm really glad to hear you say these things because they are so often honored, not at all in the, uh, in the actual practice and yet lip service is paid. So I'm mm-hmm. really glad to hear you calling it like it is. Uh, Charles Vogel, everybody, we have a huge job ahead of us to figure out how to address the loneliness in this country. Um, and uh, Charles has a bunch of good ideas about how to do that. And I really appreciate you being on the uh, Just One Question 